there. This is the Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church. So the thing I want to talk about today is I want to talk about getting versus giving. To start things off, right, I wonder when we look at this glass of water, do we see it as half empty or half full? Half empty or half full? (laughs) Okay, maybe it is both, right? Sometimes in our life, we feel that that we are getting more than we are giving. And our glass seems to be fuller. We seem to be happier, right? But there are other times in our life we feel or we perceive that we are giving more than we are getting. And our glass always seems half empty. Or it is empty, okay? Something or someone is taking more from us than we are receiving. And as a result, we feel drained or we feel tired or we feel miserable in life. So the question is, is it better to get or better to give? Is it better to get or better to give? I know it sounds like a rhetorical question, right? Because the only right answer seems to be that it is better to give. (laughs) But why is it better to give? And if that's the case, then where should Getting, receiving sits in the whole spectrum of all of this. And another question, is is getting in dichotomy with giving? Meaning to say, when we give, does that mean that we lose out in getting more for ourselves? Can we truly give without getting? And should we get without giving? And probably the most important question is, what does God say about getting and giving? So we're going to read a scripture in the Bible, a passage that Jesus taught in his iconic sermon in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 48. And I'm going to read it in the message version. It says, here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. So this is Jesus saying, don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, give wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. And then he goes on, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and his unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless the good, the bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. 
in a word, what I'm saying to you is grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. You can see you're laughing, right? <laughs> so Jesus is really... Okay, so which brings me to something I want to talk about using this passage. And I would just break it down simply to when we get more than we have given, to me, that's grace. When we give back, give or rather give back because we have received in life, that's gratitude. And when we give more than we receive, that's generosity. Okay, when we get or receive more than we have given, that's grace. And what grace is, is it is an unmerited goodness which we did not earn and definitely something that we don't deserve. It's like what the verse says, right? This is what God does. He gives His best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, irregardless or regardless, the good, the bad, the nice or the nasty. Grace is God's unconditional love and goodness towards us. And all throughout the Bible, we see a God who is always faithful. We see a God who is always giving His best, irregardless of the state of humanity. Always giving more than He gets. A God full of many, many, many second chances to the point where it's like, you know, absurd. And our relationship with God is grounded in this knowing that God redeems us not because of what we have done, but because of who He is. Out of His goodness, He saved us and He loved us. And the thing is, all of us, we need grace. Why? Because we know that strength alone is incomplete. Right? Strength runs out, right? Even young people grow tired and weary. Even young men or young women will stumble and fall. We all need grace because we alone are insufficient. Yes. Now I realize this, that there are some things in life that we cannot do for ourselves that only God can. And I don't say that irresponsibly, like, you know, you don't need to do anything and God does everything. But there are really things in life that you can work as hard as you want and still you need God in your life. Yes. There are some things that we cannot do for ourselves that only people, our team, our community can do for us. So we all need grace. There was this story a professor told. One day, he came to class, he held up a glass of water, and he asked the class this question. How, not how full, how empty, how heavy is this glass of water? And then everyone kind of raised their hands and the answer ranges from like 200 grams to 400 grams, 300 grams. And then the professor continued and he replied, he said, the absolute weight of the glass of water doesn't matter. It depends on how long I hold on to it. If I hold on to this glass of water for a minute, nothing happens. If I hold on to it for an hour, maybe my arm will ache a little. If I hold on to it all day long, then my arm will feel numb and paralyzed. So he continues to say, the weight of the glass hasn't changed, but the longer I hold on to it, the heavier it seems. So 
worries, problems, woes of this life are like this. If you think about them for a little while, there isn't a problem. If you think about it for a little longer than you should, okay, it begins to hurt a little bit. If you think about them all day long, then you might feel paralyzed in fear and incapable of doing anything. So in the same way, you see, all of us, we carry and we should, okay, carry burdens and shoulder responsibilities. It's like carrying a glass of water. We all should shoulder responsibilities. Most of it is our own responsibilities, but other times we shoulder responsibilities of people we lead in life, people we love, and people we care about in life. For some of us, well, we got to start to shoulder responsibilities better for a start, okay? If you're not even carrying the water, you got you to gotta listen to pastor's sermon about... Okay, you got to show their responsibility. But for other ones of us, remember that God, our team, your team, our team are shouldering this burden together with you. That at times, we got to learn to not put down the glass of water, but rather to pass the glass of water to God sometimes. To do what only He can do. To pass the glass of water to your team, your friends, who has your back. Okay? With that said, I just want to add on to say that grace is what we need, but grace is not an excuse. It's not an excuse to wallow. It's not an excuse to be irresponsible, to just drop the glass. But grace is a reason, rather, or every reason to be grateful and to be generous. Grace is a reminder to ourselves that no matter how low I go, that God is always here to fill my half-empty glass and that my team always has my back. And grace is not a liberty to do whatever you want with your life with no consequences just because God is good and always forgiving. So grace, right, is not a license to live beneath the law where I don't care about the Ten Commandments, I don't care about what God thinks, I don't care about what people think, I just want to do what I want because God is good, people are good to me, I just want to do what I want. But, so grace is not a license to live beneath the law, but rather it is an enabling to live beyond the law. To be able to have this ability to do better, to live better, to be a better human. So... The brokenness of this world, okay, problems of this world, unfortunately, will always be present. And sometimes when we look at problems, we feel very helpless. We feel like, why is the world this way? (laughs) Or maybe sometimes we look at ourselves, why am I this way? (laughs) So the brokenness of people, ourselves, are always present. But I guess the good news is that God's grace is always present. And I really believe that if God is not active in humanity, that given the kind of darkness or the violence that we humans are capable of, we might have like wiped out (laughs) each other and ourselves. So there are some things that we don't always understand. There are sufferings and pain in this world. When we look at it, we don't always know why. Shortcomings or weaknesses or sins that we have in life that overwhelms us, that reminds us constantly that we are not enough. But in moments like this, I we got to lean into grace. Yeah. Yeah. To, to know that God, we may not be enough, but to know that God is enough. Yeah. And to, go, to know that God is more than enough for me and for this world. 
And that in His grace, I am able to grapple with what I struggle. So I want to encourage everyone that, you know, it is okay to receive from God. It is okay to rely on people in life. It's okay to be shown grace. It's okay to be given a second chance or a third chance to go at things again. So I just want you to write down a few things, okay? I wonder what in your life do you need to lean in more to God's grace? And I have a few questions. What are some things in your life that only God can do? So don't have to write off 10 things, just the first two things that comes to your mind. What are some things that only God can do? And what are some things that you need to rely on God and to rely on your team? What are some things that you need from your friends and you need from your team? Okay? Cool. So that's the first one, grace. Secondly is gratitude. So when we give back in a way, because we have received, to me, that's gratitude. Is, and it is the only right thing to do. It's like what Jesus says in Matthew 5, that if, you, if all you do is to love the lovable, in other words, in the CEB version, it says, if all you do is to love those who love you, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run of the mill of sinner does that. So at least from Jesus' point of view, is expected that, well, you love those who love you back. You say hello to those who greet you. All the youth, yes. You get, okay, you get the idea, right? To give or to give back because we have received. It's funny, I find it so funny because Jesus says anybody can do that. But the thing is, so many people don't do that. So many people don't do that. Can I say this? Reciprocacy, to reciprocate, okay, is only right and healthy in every relationship and friendship. To be able to give back to someone who has treated you well. Nobody is going to be your friend if you are expecting them to give, but you are not giving. That's just the truth. In our relationship with God, for example, okay, the reason why as Christians we tithe, right, we teach about tithing in church. If you are a member in our church for a few months, you're coming regularly, you're growing your work with God, we teach you about giving, about tithing. And what tithing is, is to give a tenth of what we have. So since most of you tithe, why do you tithe? (laughs) Why do you tithe? Wow, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, we tithe because uh, if you look at the envelope, well, there's this verse, right, that says tithing teaches you to always put God first in your life. Yeah, because of gratitude, okay. But we tithe also because, this is our point of view, we tithe also because we see that everything we have or everything we own comes from God. Yeah. And that it is the only right thing that we give back to God a portion of what we receive from Him. So tithe, yes, is about putting God first, but tithe is also an expression of our gratitude. It's the right thing to do, right? That's why we tithe. When it comes to serving, okay, so in church, we have many different ministries and many different teams that we serve in. 
Okay, we're not going to call all the teams out. So everyone's like ready, like, I'm going to chill for my ministry team. I'm sorry, we have a lot of teams and ministry and connect groups and whatnot. So in church, we teach about serving and the importance of it. And I really believe in serving. But the question is, why do we serve? Well, we don't see serving as we are coming here to offer a help because church is so sad and poor thing and I've got to step in to help. Oh, okay. You know, it's not like, oh, when I have free time and I don't know what to do and I need, I need to distract myself. <gasps> Ministry and church. Maybe I can volunteer in something. Okay, it's not that. That's not serving. Serving is also not, oh, this is a place where I can showcase my talent and to look good in front of people. I can find an audience in church. If, if, if that's not the case, then, well, serving is a waste of my time. I shouldn't be here. That is not serving. The whole idea of serving, I believe, is this whole attitude of, I am grateful for God and I'm grateful for this family and this team. So not just God, but this family, this team. If not, you can serve anywhere else, right? But I serve here because I'm grateful for this team. I'm grateful for what I receive every week in this place and from this place. So to name a few, be it the church experience team who greets you at the door every single weekend and then made your day. You come in smiling, right? Or our PR and design team who churns out our church online, our materials that really helped you to connect to what's happening in church and to help your friends be open to God. So I am grateful, so I want to give back in any way possible back to this team. That is serving. I am here to give back what's been given to me. Be it volunteering in anything, be it helping out in any need there is, be it serving in any of our ministry teams faithfully, be it offering your experience or your talent in any way possible. So I was just talking to my leaders and core, right, a few weeks ago, and I was telling them that the focus of serving is not me and not what I want to do, but it's about other people. Serving is not a title, and it's not a ministry team group we have in church. Serving is not PVD, or serving is CET. In other words, you can be a PVD member, you can be a church experience team IC, you can even have a title of a leader and not really serve. Because the real essence of serving is about making time to support other people, to give to other people. For example, you know, it's like uh, Cindy, she was in the office the other day and she was just doing her, um, her responsibilities and everything as our service coordinator. And she was done, she was ready to pack up and go. It was like 10 p.m., 10-ish, like that, and she was ready to go. And then she notices that our church online team, Winnie, uh, Zhiyu, and Edwin, they're trying to set up, trying to test out the angles and everything. And so she's already done, you know, and she has worked the following day. She's ready to go. But when she noticed that they are still trying to test out stuff, she stepped in and she asked, is there anything that I can help? Anything you want, I have an hour just to catch my last train. I can be here just to help you. That is serving. It's like Ryan, okay? On too many occasions, this happens. He is, uh, y'all laugh because, yeah, he's really serving. 
on too many occasions, he is done with his work already, okay? He will come out to the office, he'll say, bye leaders, bye everyone, and it's about like 7 p.m.-ish, okay? So he's ready to go and eat dinner, go home. But he will say bye, but then two hours later, when I come down from the office, he will, I will see him helping out with some ministry team. He'll be helping out to set up some things. He'll be helping his friend to do, I don't know what is he doing. But they'll be like, oh, I thought you said bye. Oh, I just like saw someone needed help and I just helped. That is serving. And guess it is, I believe in serving. Because I believe that it's the only right thing that we give back what we have received freely from others. We never obligate, can I just say this? We don't obligate anyone to serve in our church. But I want to teach you a value that serving is important in your life. Okay, serving is an important value to have. So with gratitude, we serve because we are grateful. With gratitude, I realize that a lot of times people chalk it up to a feeling. For example, they will, they will maybe post a picture and say, I feel grateful. Okay, I am grateful. I feel touched by what? Zihan did for me. For example, post a photo of a drink and then put it on Instagram. So a lot of times people chalk up, I mean, chalk it up to like a feeling, gratitude is a feeling. That's all good. Yeah, that's, that's great. But gratitude is an action. It's not just a feeling. It is an action. It's as simple as saying thank you. Or it is as simple as an action to give back to serve, to help, to show up, to support in return. So the focus of gratitude, can I say this, is not us. <laughs> focus of gratitude is not how you feel, even though that's great, okay? But it's what we do. Gratitude is what we do for someone else, be it for God or for your friends here or for your team. So reciprocity to reciprocate, is healthy in every relationship and friendship. If you want your relationship to flourish, you've got to be able to give back to your friend who has given to you. And when you are grateful, your relationships will flourish. So I wonder what in your life, just jot down a few answers. I wonder what in your life do you need to increase your capacity for gratitude? What in your life do you need to increase your capacity for gratitude? In your relationship with God, is there something you need to be grateful? Is there something, again, we say not just how you feel, but is there something you need to do to be grateful to God? In your relationship with your friends, with your team, with your family here, is there something you need to give? Third thing is generosity. So generosity to me, how I see is when we give more than we receive. To me, that's generosity. And God said it's God's way is generosity. That's what God is challenging us to be. The true spirit of generosity is being able to give without getting. In Matthew 5, it says, you're familiar with the old written law, right? Love your friend and his unwritten companion hate your enemy. But I'm challenging that. I'm telling you, to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with energies of prayer. So I've got to say, God's ways are 
definitely higher than our way. Which is not just to love those who love us or whom we consider as friends, but to, to love those who hate us. In other words, to not just give to those who give to us, but God is challenging us to give to those who doesn't give to us or can't give us an equivalent like return. Maybe let me covet this a little at this point, okay? That does not mean and that does not apply to abusive or toxic relationships. Okay, with abusive and toxic relationships, you need to set up healthy boundary and not just keep giving. Because the best way to help them is that they may need an external party to step in to help them break a certain cycle if they are toxic in a way, okay? And the best person may not always be you, even if you are willing to give. Can I say also, Jesus calls us to love, right? To love our enemies, to love everybody, right? But let me just say that love is different from trust. Love everyone freely. Love everybody, even those who hate you. Be kind to everyone, but don't trust your heart to everyone. There is a difference. So moving on to generosity. I realize that there are things God calls us to do that falls into generosity. For example, when it comes to giving to the next generation. Okay, in our church, we believe in young people, right? Not just we, I mean, God believes in young people that they can do awesome things, that they can be leaders and maybe even do better than we ever did and to follow God better than we do. But giving to the next generation is going to cost more on our part. Well, more money for sure on our part. So young people have potential, but we as young people, we have potential, but we are inexperienced. We won't be poor forever, but for a really extended long period of time, (laughs) 20 years or 20-ish years of your life, you're going to be poor. So you, you get what I mean. To invest in the next generation, you have to give them more than they can give back. When it comes to investing in people, believing in people in the same way, whether, is it, whether you are a young leader or a young core person, um, giving your time, your effort, mentoring someone new here in church or mentoring someone new in your school or mentoring someone new in your workplace, it is going to cost you time and more effort on your part. It's easier if you do the work yourself. And all of you are like, yes. It's easier if you do it yourself. And probably the most disappointing part is that not everyone that you invest your time in is going to turn out grateful. Some of them are not going to even give back, okay, at all. But that is generosity. And that is what God calls us to do and to be. God calls us to be generous. The thing about generosity is that it doesn't always make the most sense. Well, at least it doesn't always make economic sense or logical sense in the short run. Why would you give to something that doesn't give you back? But being generous is God's way. So why does God cause us to be generous? What you should know is that generosity is the way to live significantly, meaningfully, and to live a legacy. Investing in people is always, always risky. 
And all the more so if these are people that are not really your friends or your family. However, what I realize is that legacies, powerful stories, change can only be passed through lives, passed through people. And I believe that God calls us to live significantly and to pass on His story, your story, to someone else. To give to people sometimes more than what you have received. And, and I, feel, I really believe that God calls us to be a part of what He wants to do beyond our lifetime. And maybe the most powerful, powerful thing you should know is that your generosity can become grace for someone else to go further and to rise higher. So I wonder what in your life can you be more generous? I want you to just list a few things that God, you feel that God is leading you to give more than you receive. And I want you to just list a few people that you will invest and believe in. And not just your close friends, not just people who love you, but maybe someone new in your workplace, maybe someone new in your team, in the church. So in conclusion, I want to say, I believe that we can have all three at the same time. Grace, gratitude, and to be generous. Because some people have this mindset that they can only have one without the other. Some people feel that other people should give in to me in life. They are more fortunate than I am. They have more money than I have. So they should be gracious to me. And, and, but the thing is, if, if they're not careful, grace can become a crutch and an excuse to live, to live beneath their best. Or maybe some people, they feel that I should only be giving. I should only be generous instead of receiving from God and receiving from people. Maybe to the point where they feel guilty even when people show them grace or when God is loving, they feel bad. If you that I've not done anything for God to show up in my quiet time or to speak to me. And sometimes I feel this way too. I feel bad for receiving if I have not given. But what we fail to realize is that when we receive better, we are better and we will love better. So I believe that God wants us to have all three, not one, not the other. Okay? The beautiful thing is also ultimately we can never outgive God. God has a way of working everything for our good somehow, some way. And maybe that is His goal after all that we are truly blessed in life. And I remember what Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, in this way we remember what Jesus says, His words. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's not always easy to give, just to be frank, but it is better to give. It is more blessed to give. Why? Because I believe God wants us to receive all the good there is. He wants to show us grace, to to tell us that we are loved and accepted even if we have not done anything deserving of that goodness. But not only that, God wants us to receive love and to have great relationships from people around us through gratitude, right? And God wants us to have significance, to have purpose, to have meaning in our life through generosity. 
You know, someone once said this, that if your glass is half empty or appears half empty, maybe it's not half empty, then redesign your glass. I guess we cannot do life without God, without people because we are not sufficient. We are not self-sufficient. We're not always enough sometimes, some days. And we may see our glass wrongly sometimes. (laughs) But maybe when we allow God's truth to speak to us, that we will change our glass ultimately, where we become full and become complete. Yeah.